0: Good morning, and welcome to Legal Defense with Kirk and John. I'm Kirk Obert. I'm John Merzell. How are you doing, Kirk? I'm doing good. Thank you for calling in remotely and uh, keeping me safe from your COVID germ. Um, well, that wasn't the reason,
1: but I just didn't want to be in the same room. But, I know. You know that was uh, completely unrelated to COVID.
0: but True, true. So, so John is, <laughs> is calling in. Obviously, you can hear that he's on the phone. You remember that thing, the phone? Yeah, and you're actually calling from a real, <laughs> an actual phone, aren't you? I mean, it's like a telephone. What, was, what was that phone? I, I haven't heard that word. I, uh, <laughs> I have this device that's got these little squares on them that do magic things, but um, <laughs> uh, I hadn't heard of the phone part. I've heard if you press them in the right order, you can actually talk to a person. Anyway, um, hey, <laughs> this is going to be the M-O-A-R-S. You know what that means? The mother well, of all mother of all radio shows. And why? Because all kinds of crazy stuff just happened. And uh, you know, we <laughs> gotta send a little caveat out there that you know, most if you listen to the show regularly, you might know this, but if you're just tuning in occasionally, shame on you, because you should listen every week. But uh, listen every week. we typically record the show ahead of time, and it's a couple of reasons for that. One is that um we can't always get together on a Saturday morning. Occasionally we do. It's, it's been years, though, right, John? We haven't done a live show in forever. But um, we do this also out of courtesy for the production staff. So they have time to produce the show, mix in the commercials, do all that other stuff um, ahead of time. It's really out of courtesy. Thing. So the point is, as we speak right now, the voices that you're hearing from John Birdsall and myself, are actually being recorded on Thursday night, January 7th, 2021. So I, I want you all to be aware that all kinds of things could have happened on Friday that we'd be unaware of because we're actually zapping in to your minds from the past, two days ago, when, <laughs> when you hear us. So if we they say absolutely so, will happen. I don't know what, but they will. It will. It'll happen, whatever it is. But... The point being, I I just want you to understand that because if you say, why are they predicting something that actually did happen? Well, we don't. But John, I want to warn you because I know the way your brain works. Um, I know you so well. I adore you, but at the same time, I just want to you know protect our listeners from your your uh, vitriol. For my scorching, my <laughs> scorching vitriol. Yeah. Yes, we have we have listeners of many different uh, backgrounds, political opinions, and so forth. And if you can, sir, can you keep this as objective and legally um Do not
1: lay all this on me, sir. Well this is I'm, a team effort and I you, you know uh that maybe you're a little more soft edged than I am, mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. more diplomatic, but um uh but actually it's it's there's no reason to get into some sort of like political diatribe. Right because you know, there's so many facts. They're just facts. They're just things happen, That, that these happened, and uh, there's,
0: there's there's really no reason to get into. You know, like you know. um good. I will trust you on that. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, so a- as you know, um, our country kind of fell apart a couple of days ago. In the strangest. Oh, did something happen? Th- yes, yeah, something did happen. My friend, what happened, my friend, is that, uh, you know, we were predicting uh, not not only because it was logical, but also because of the statements that have been made, the tweets, the posts, the announcements and so forth. And and the combination of the Georgia Senate raid coinciding with, um, you know, the all important day of January 6th, where. The vice president exercises his role of basically, well, what's the right word? Certifying, approving, uh, whatever, collecting the electoral, yep, the ele- the ele- certifying the electoral votes, which has always been a, a, a procedural and I guess perfunctory function, uh, much yeah. much like the if queen, is, yeah. like the queen of England. You know, she kind of hmm. rules but doesn't. She's there. It's it, it's ministerial, and it all goes back to the uh, Electoral College
1: Act in the seventies, um, and uh, uh, that that procedure that's in place. Mm-hmm. And the idea is the, idea, the whole idea behind it was to provide a process so that we didn't have um, you know like a free for all when it came to the Electoral College, because in the eighteen hundreds um, there was you know, times when, uh, that could have happened, but it, there is no the real question that they, we don't have to like our listeners are, you know, um, up to speed on all everything that's happened. So we don't have to give them a long backstory, <clears throat> but the bottom line is, is the president, wanted the vice president, whose duty it is to as president of the Senate to, um, uh, preside over the counting of the electoral ballot. He wanted him to override mm-hmm. and throw a ballot from Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, uh, you know, probably a couple other states, Georgia, who would not... you know. And he, enough to give, I think I said that, but yeah. enough to give a margin of victory to the president. And of course, um, he does not have the authority to do that. Uh, and, and, He actually said so, which was a unique political moment Mm -hmm. because Mike Pence you know you know whatever you think about Pence or Trump Mike Pence was the most loyal political figure to Donald Trump these last four years 100% and he said in a letter a really lengthy letter um, that um, it was his considered opinion that he did not have the authority to do that. Well, that did not sit well with the president, just <laughs> to say, right. And he kind of like was throwing him under the bus. and and um uh, and so that's what those protesters were there trying to effect. yeah, they wanted the electoral college uh, to um throw out certain ballots so that the president won, and of course that's just the way it works.
0: Well, and, um, and I, I do want to comment on this, because I'm sure that one of the things that uh, Vice President Pence did consider is the bigger picture of what sort of precedent we would be setting if it if it went outside the bounds of the law. Now, I do happen <laughs> to know, just from what I've heard, um, and being the studious type of person I am, that he did, uh, I can't find the right word, maybe agonized over what the right thing to do was. And he I, I heard that he was poring over the books, looking at, getting advice from lawyers, looking at the old statutes, looking at the case law controversies that have occurred in the past, and, and really devoting himself to uh, coming up with not only a sound and legally defensible opinion, but the right thing to do. Now, think about it this way. Plus, he wants to run for president someday. Oh, true, true. Yeah. You know, plus, <laughs> plus maybe he'll be president by the time this uh, airs. I don't know. <laughs> wow, that's, another, that's coming later in the show. That I could guarantee. be. That could happen. But anyway, um, here, here's the interesting thing about all this to me. And it, it's a little bit common sense, but it's also, it bears uh, consideration. And I think sometimes political decisions are made without looking at precedent and what. What sort of example are you setting for the future? Now think about it. How would it be? And I'm going to say this is wrong. It should not be this. But what if at the end of President Biden's term, uh, you know, the same sort of thing could happen where Kamala Harris decides that she's going to do the same thing that Pence had done? And, and here's the problem. Uh, there is no, I think we can all agree, I think most of us agree that. The factual quote unquote, I put that in huge air quotes, like gigantic air factual basis behind any such action, would be um specious at best. And if you could say that about this election, you could say about that about any election. By the way, you know, the controversy surrounding the popular vote versus the electoral vote, which used to be a big deal. It isn't any big deal anymore because, you know. President Trump won by the Electoral College and not by the popular vote. And it's not the first time this has happened, even in recent history. Many, many times that has happened. <laughs> many, many times. Okay, So, so that's a yeah. whole separate issue. But in terms of the types of things that you could identify amongst 50 different states that have 50 different ways of conducting elections and necessarily delegate some authority to local officials, which, by the way, is a Republican notion to allow local governments Absolutely. to the allow states, local right. local governments to govern themselves. Um classic you, federalism. Yeah. Correct. you you have the same issue in any single election. So hold that thought. We're gonna come back in just a few minutes, and continue.
1: We are back and <laughs> Kirk was pontificating um a little bit about um wait, wait, wait. Where does that uh, word pontificating we- come from? I just wanna um I I Ponce I I don't You're know pon, exactly, but
0: poncious,
1: um poncious just, pilots, just a, maybe probably just took a stab at the etymology there, but um <laughs> <clears throat> the, the discussion about like you know um uh, uh, the electoral college and we could have a whole debate and we should about getting rid of it, which I would one hundred percent be in favor of because I think many, many people in the country are. But um uh, but the, way the, the mechanical way that it's structured um, allows for somebody to lose the popular vote and still win. Right. Which, of course, what Donald
0: Trump did, right. what George W. Bush did, uh, uh, well, uh, Kennedy. Yes, um, absolutely, Kennedy. You
1: know, yeah. You know, um, and so there's many, there's many other examples.
0: Make We've, no mistake; it's by like, design. I mean, that that that's the reason why it even exists because of that possibility. It's a different way of yeah. uh, conducting an election. Anyway, so go ahead. Well, yeah, so, but, but just get down to
1: what happened uh, in this disgraceful attack on the cap. First of all, the first time that armed people have stormed the Capitol. Then, I mean, not counting, I think there was one in the 70s or something, but really the only other time that an armed group has stormed the Capitol was in 1814 when the British came in burned it after they won a battle in Maryland.
0: Which they, they did. They, they did burn it.
1: <laughs> yeah, they did burn it. Yeah, they burned it. And they burned the White House, too. Yeah. Um, so, just something you do when you're in war. Um, but the point is that, uh, this is like you know and and, and this is not a, a a disc on trump supporters, but this is a radical fringe of vote and um and and a lot of the I, I think it like pulled back curtain a lot on sort of political discourse because uh today the day after I was listening mainly and even last night, I was listening mainly to conservative radio or or Fox, mm-hmm. see what their coverage was like and what the spin on this was. Because there's really, it's sort of like Sandy Hook. There's no real good way to spin it, right? Yeah. Um, if you're a rational person. Uh, and yet, uh, a lot of the discussion was like, this is horrible. But I kind of understand because of all the horrible things of the rig system and the whole election. So they you know, so just like washed right back in. So that's. know, just a big picture thing. That's what worries me the most. But but the interesting part was that uh, a lot of of senators who had said they were going to object for whatever their reason, they know they had no basis. They had no legal basis to do it. They had no factual basis to do it. They just had political basis to do it. And um, uh, a lot of them changed their minds and just decided not to. And, uh, And and I thought that was fascinating. It is. Um, and there's it is. a lot of great speeches about, yes. you know, how, about, you know, how, how uh, this is unacceptable and we need to be all Americans and the other side is not the enemy. The right. enemy is, you know, countries that want to kill us. You know, the enemy is not a Republican. The enemy is not somebody who voted for Trump. The enemy is not somebody who voted for Biden, you know, yep. um, and that's sort of what we need to. Yeah, I, that's I, the ledge we're on that we need to get off
0: of. I did stay up very late Wednesday night because most of the inspiring speeches that I heard were from Republicans. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, there were several excellent ones. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> several and, excellent. Ones. And I was, I was actually moved, you know, by some of it because, you know, that's that's what our country is actually pretty good at. Um after something terrible like this happened, we do have that resiliency usually cut through politics you remember after 911 how politics didn't matter i mean nobody cared <laughs> it doesn't 9/11 matter was a
1: a brief shiny moment of unity
0: yeah in spite of a, in, in the light of a terrible terrible tragedy and that's you know and well and i think we've had we have those moments in our history and if the whole point of this uh insurrection let's not even into words here, this was treason. This was absolutely one hundred percent criminal. I mean, if the if the attempt of the rioters was, I have to assume, more than just breaking windows and acting like jerks, I mean you don't accomplish by doing that, right? The attempt the, the, the goal, the professed goal would be to disrupt The functioning of the government, right? You know that. Why why are they there that day? Why are they doing it right in the middle of the session? And it did actually, because everybody had to take cover and hide. I mean, so that that was a very very serious offense. Now, here's the problem, John. That in and of itself is shame, and it's something that we as a country obviously cannot stand behind any more than we can stand behind. uh, you know, the Columbine massacre or Sandy Hook or Las, the Las Vegas massacre or anything else but but the extremely troubling thing is the timing as it relates to the lead up to all of this. Of course, we saw a lot of a lot of commentary that were you know there was a anticipated you know armed conflict is how it was being phrased. you know, our good friend uh, Rudy. Well, there was plenty of warning signs, and not just warning signs—actual warning. Yes, like the Rudolph we the Red-Nosed Giuliani said to all the people. This time, it wasn't in a uh, a parking lot for a uh, gardening company, but yeah, <laughs> no. it was. Who's the
1: one that told me to like watch the commentary? But go
0: ahead. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No. Okay. Anyway, that's just a little side footnote uh, <laughs> editorial. Okay. Um, oh, well done, well done Yes, yes, yes So, he he said, you know um, Let's let meet this with uh, combat Use the word combat I said you trial know, by combat trial, Right out of the Game of Thrones Trial by combat, okay You know, maybe he was being a little uh, You know Maybe it Dramatic. was a pop culture reference I don't know, but um, That's yeah. not a good thing to say And then, of course, you have the president who throughout his speech um, said things that were could not be taken any other way logic other than to uh inspire those in front of him to take physical action in light of what was going on and, well, one, of, one of his one of his calling cards since 2015
1: was to create and stoke chaos and um
0: and that's kind of what a lot of people love about him mm-hmm you know? And by the way, I'm not saying that that in and of itself is a bad thing. I'm saying at, in this particular occasion when, you know, you and I practice law, we get we get educated and taught and maybe brainwashed a little into this whole world of looking at foreseeable harm, right? I mean, that's something they drill into your head in law school. They're talking about not only in the criminal sense, but also in the civil sense. Uh, When you're talking about one's duty of care, one's uh, ability to form a certain duty, and the responsibility to do so as it relates to either an act or an omission that could have a foreseeable harm to another person. So in the civil context, let's say, you know, the classic old, you've got the icy sidewalk that you don't take care of and the old lady carrying her groceries home slips and falls and she sues you because you knew it was icy out you had the ability to to you know shovel or you know salt the sidewalk but you didn't do it and then she falls down breaks her hip and now you owe her a million dollars right so in the criminal context similar sort of thing right because you if you know that your actions will result in somebody losing their life being harmed physically or an act that in and of itself is criminal, okay then you've got there's criminal liability that attached we all know that we've all learned that over the years in terms of how you know how people as far as accomplice liability uh conspiracy and I mean I don't mean conspiracy theory but conspiracy law uh, people that are agreeing upon things. To, an, agreement, uh, an agreement to do some illegal act yeah. to all people. Yeah. yeah. So this is this it, this is the very troubling thing about all this is that any fool who who could listen to these words and you wouldn't even have to see what happened afterwards, you would be alarmed that what he was asking people to do was. Uh, So contrary to American values, so contrary to our spirit of democracy, and so contrary to the the safety of the entire uh, Senate and House of Representatives that was, you know, behind him in that building. I mean, it's 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 just ludicrous. I can't I can't fail. Well,
1: you know, the the rationalizations. We'll probably have to pick this up next segment. The rationalizations are that their view, that, um, that this is uh, not just rigged, but it's like existential, and that if this goes through, then the country's over, and they have to save the country.
0: I see. Okay, well, we'll pick up on that when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the, that commercial break. Hey, John, I just want to tell you, you know this already, but I figured uh, I would let all of our good listeners hear this as well. Um, you've always been like a brother And I really appreciate your wisdom, your insight, and so on. And I mentioned that because my actual brother um sent me a little uh tweet here a bit ago. And it's one of those memes one of those memes, you know. And it says, uh we spend seven hundred and fifty billion dollars a year annually on national defense. Yet the center of American government fell in two hours to the duck dynasty and the guy in the Chewbacca. So (laughs) I don't know if you saw the pictures, but one of the, uh, the primary um, people that was a main instigated, there's this guy that was wearing like a speedo and he had his body like painted and stuff. And he had one of those big like Viking hats on with a big fur coat around him. And, uh, uh, yeah, I saw that guy. Yeah. And the D.C. police or some, some law enforcement agency was looking for, you know, input from the public on they can identify who the guy is. And everybody's like, I know who that guy is. He's he's always wearing that same silly getup wherever he goes. So that was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But um, I forget well, how know, many people got arrested. I, I, but wasn't it like uh, 30, 28, 30, something like that on this whole thing? I thought 50s, but oh, it might be. Yeah, I, I know. You know. Here's the thing with
1: the, uh, the lack of uh, preparation by the Capitol Police and or others, um, and the failure to hold this crowd at bay, which, you know, I don't know if really if many of them were even armed. They just sort of like ruffled their way in. And I, and I don't know this for a fact, but the woman that got shot and killed, um, I
0: think she might have been shot by, you know, one of the officers. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. No, that is true. I, no, I, 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 don't, I do know that for a fact. It was one of so, the um, special so, special details so, for the account. But
1: I, but I, I think what gets lost in that question is um, uh, the focus of a lot of people to say, "Oh, I condemn this um, this act of violence and the people's house and all that and all that." True, but um, it kind of is a way whitewash what led up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't just mean the four years of Donald Trump. I mean, you know, the last 20, 30, or even 40 years of, you know, where we were drifting that led to the election of Trump. And then, you know, the spoking of, of those divisions, you know, is, is a different story. And I think that just gets washed away in this discussion. Yeah, um, maybe well, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. I you think know? a lot
0: of people are looking at, you know, what's happened in the past. and and obviously focused on those horrific facts, but you make a very good point, and that is I think it's worthwhile and maybe we need a little distance before we can truly understand this, but you're right, there's been decades leading up to this, and the last time something like this happened uh, to this extent and I I do believe it was practically to this extent, was the election of Andrew Jack um, where it was somebody that was not a government figure, somebody that didn't have a long history of public service, but the people's president. And you know the whole story about how all that happened and how he was despised by the, you know, for lack of a better term, the swamp, you know. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, lo and behold, uh, well, he did a lot of things that we're not proud of now as Americans, but but, it, you know, this isn't the first time that... But you know, at the okay. time, we're applauded. Yes. For example, um, the Cherokee
1: Nation, like there was a huge, they had huge, huge land in the South, mainly in Georgia, but also in other southern states, including uh, Tennessee, I think uh, some in the Carolinas, maybe a little harder of it. Um, uh, but they had a huge, like tens of millions of acres. And of course, white settlers wanted it terribly because it was... Great land and great woods and and then they found gold, right? So um, the the Supreme Court of the United States and there's two Cherokee cases in the 1830s um, said that, yes, they're an independent nation and they have the right to their land and there was treaties to prove it and and they passed the Indian Removal Act anyways And, uh, and they said, well, that they had ruled that he can't you know, remove them, and he just did it anyway, yeah, no, I mean, he said, um he said that's a nice ruling, that's enforce right, and um, and so, and so I guess the point is is that you know uh, the balance
0: of power <laughs> right well that, that's balance, that wait, that's a great point uh, because uh, how exactly would it <clears throat> where is the challenge to the enforcement, where is it gonna come from you know it's it basically
1: yeah, like where's uh it gonna come from? because the executive branch is the enforcement mechanism of the federal government, and um, Supreme Court doesn't have an army, you know.
0: <laughs> right, court has right, right. Only one thing. But they the, have Cher- their, they the have Cherokee their Nation uh, certainly could have, probably lawfully resisted with violence. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I I, I, I think so, but
1: but the, uh they're a little bit uh you know the US army versus them <laughs> Oh well don't don't, end don't, well.
0: don't underestimate the power of a uh, native american uh warfare cuz
1: Oh no they I know. <laughs> no, I know I'm definitely not Ask, ask, brother ask, brother speak, ask so.
0: General Custer ask him you know think think yes, he <laughs> <him.
1: laughs> That was one of their better days but um, yes. uh and you I know, know what we should probably jump into is, is um, trying to figure out, and we're doing this on Thursday night, and they're going to hear this on Saturday morning, is what's going to happen on Friday? Yeah. Um, and uh, and this Friday prediction actually could be any time for the next 13 days before the end of the administration, but um, uh, my biggest prediction is a self-part yep. by the president um, of himself. and And... That's never been done. It's untested. It, there's, there's a lot of legal theory. There's no precedent, so there's legal theory. And, and, some, and some arguments about, you know, constitutional arguments to say, well, obviously he can't do that because um, no man can be above the law. And if that was the case, then we would just have a monarch. Uh, and, and that's a very compelling argument. But it's never been tested. So uh-huh. if it is tested, if he if he tries to pardon, what's the mechanism to test that? Well, and the yeah. only mechanism that I, that that I can think of is for the Justice Department to criminally charge him. Then he produces his pardon and says to the judge, "No, I have full, complete presidential pardon." And the judge will then have to Say
0: one way or the other what the deal is, and of course, going right to the free court. Right. Well, I, I would say this, and I know we kind of talked about this episode of our show maybe a couple months ago. First <coughs> inkling sort of raised, raised the specter of reality. But um, here here's the problem, and it is that the Justice Department has. Issued a policy which was referenced by, of course, in the Mueller investment that a sitting president cannot be criminally prosecuted. And that, by the way, that's not law. That's based on it's a policy no. interpretation of kind of what makes sense. When you add all the other principles of executive, you know, quote unquote, community, and you, you're trying to still what the common, uh, Features of all those, all those notions are, which is where that policy drives, Not just like, "Hey, we don't want to bother," President busy. No, it comes from, as I said, a distillation of various different principles. And, it's, and here's the thing that I I think is probably obvious, but maybe not. What I mean by that is the founders. Probably never imagined that there would ever be a situation where a president wouldn't want to pardon himself on the one hand. Yet, on the other hand, there are specific provisions as it relates to impeachment that a president cannot pardon himself out of an impeachment. So they thought about the concept, and that actually argues uh, in favor of the president's ability to pardon himself. You know what I mean? Because if they spoke— They spoke on the issue in a different context and were silent on the issue as it relates to actual criminal prosecution. Well, we all know what statutory interpretation rules mean. When a legislature passes a law and they talk about one thing in a specific context but are silent on another, then it seems that they thought about that other thing and excluded it from their definition of what was, Prohibited. So uh, we're gonna have to take a break, John. So I know oh, you're, all that's- you're about to oh, jump into something. I know it, but we got to take a break. We have, I to have break.
1: another. I have another prediction. Good.
0: Good. Okay. Got to make room for our commercial sponsor. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a show. Okay. So we'll be right back.
1: We're back with more predictions and analysis of everything in the
0: world. Um, that <laughs> matters. Yes. The, okay. the important stuff. Yes, do, do it. Is that, or is that, is that too broad of a brush? Um, I think we can cover that okay. in the next nine and a half minutes. Go ahead. Dude, perfect. So this is um, not so much a prediction
1: as a, a, a pondering about the Twenty Fifth Amendment. So in the heat of, uh, I won't say the heat of the battle last night, but. In the heat of those events, um, tons of commentators, and I i don't know if any actual elected officials said this, but tons of commentators talked about the immediate need to remove the president uh, because um, uh, there's a clear and present danger to the national security of that States and to the, the government itself. And, you know, after the events that unfolded, you know, there's a plausible argument to say that. So the question is, uh, what is the 25th Amendment? How do you invoke it? And it's quite simply this. The vice president and a majority of the camp can, um, if they deem it necessary, uh, submit something to Congress to say, the president is unable to uh, perform his duties of office and um, and the immediately the vice president becomes the acting president. Right. Now, uh, and the the question, of course, is would uh, Vice President Pence do that? Um, he did, for the first time in four years, make a break with the president about counting, you know, doing his ministerial duty to count the electoral college. Folks. Um, has been roundly criticized by the president. Um, some of his uh, there's been a mass resignation last night. Right. Uh, not not so much cabinet people, but and, you and, know, others and, to, and people through
0: and through the rest of the week we've seen it as well. I mean, there have been people that are you know basically just resigning. Right. Um yeah. So 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 I think that it, at, the fact that it's even a possibility
1: is absolutely remarkable. Uh because it's you know, again, you made a comment earlier about, well, I didn't really imagine that we would be in this situation. Well, they kind of did and did. In in real life, they didn't really um, think that there would be somebody that would be elected that would be so dangerous or so, you know, I don't know, unhinged or whatever, uh, that this would have to be. Well, of course, this wasn't the founding amendment. This was, you know, the 1960s.
0: But, right. Um, yeah, I know uh, I I understand that you mean but, the twenty fifth amendment. Yes, I, I, I get that. But, 25th, but let me just yeah. let me just add but one they, point. They did muse. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I'll let you go on. Go on.
1: So they they did they did muse about, you know, people of bad character. That's why we have impeachment. Um, you know, and, and that's why you can impeach the president, which really in the history of the world is a remarkable thing. That you could remove the guy that's power. Because so the, I could hear you there was no provision in parliament to remove King George.
0: Well, there's no provision uh, in France to remove the emperor except through war. Right.
1: right. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, the the point is that the invocation of this or even the discussion of its invocation is remarkable. And, you know, consider now, you know, to to those observers that, that this guy seems, like, literally unhinged, and he's got some nuclear power. And, and actually, as an ex-military guy, I would turn to you about, like, the, these, the guys in the Pentagon have got to be just unbelievably nervous. He's well, already, like, put acting people in at the top and, you know... Knows
0: well, I do, I do well, know a little bit about that. I do know a little bit about that, only because obviously I pay attention to those sorts of things, but the thing that has alarmed me over the past few days is that um, the Secretary of Defense, the acting secretary of defense has been urged by many uh, in the State Department, the Defense Department, and others to please do not resign, whatever you do, because we know you want to, <laughs> but we <laughs> have to have we have to have a defense department for the next 10, 12 days. I mean, we, we have and and although it would be uh, the ultimate in terms of protests that, that we know you want to do. Uh, don't forget, you know, the emperor has no clothes, so please don't do it. And I, I want to go back to one point that you made and just add something where uh, the, the general concept that it, is it possible? Did, did the founders really think about possibility that there could be a... Uh, an unhinged uh, monarch, so to speak, in charge of the country. Well, I'm sure they thought about that exact notion because that's how they remembered King George treating, you know, the colonists as a, a bad man that uh, had no interest in anything other than lining his own pockets and taking advantage of the fact that, you know we are supposedly a british territory we're all british subjects we all pay the tax to the crown but we don't get even a portion of the benefits that um, english citizens receive. so it was a a matter of um, you know tyrannical power that i think the founders were particularly concerned about in very recent memory so i'm sure it was at the tip top of their concern that some person could act in the same way. But this is why the Constitution itself contains so many provisions and we can thank our our good uh, Justice John Marshall for ferreting all this out many years later, of course. But the idea that that, uh, representatives in, uh, in the legislature, including the Senate and the House of Balanced by the judiciary and then balanced yet again, not just by president himself, but with the, by the entire executive branch of the government. It has this way of creating an equilibrium because of the number of parties involved. And this is not by any means a, uh, you know, but that part of it is not a democracy. So to speak. it is, uh, you know, it's not the democratic functioning in and of itself. This is the administration of government. And how it it functions on yeah, its most right. basic exactly. level. So, you know, we we have to believe that all <laughs> of that was fully considered. And of course, they would think about possibility because it had happened. They they wanted to make government that was not would not resemble and could not resemble that. Now, here's the funny thing about all this, is that, in spite of all that, I think the thing the founders didn't think about. Is the possibility that someone could have this cult of personality uh, influence on so many other people? Because think about it: what does it take, and what's the what's the barrier? What's the thing that stops? Uh, you know, the, the president doesn't appoint legislators. The president doesn't pick the Senate. The president doesn't pick you know other people that run for office and get elected by the people, right? That's the whole point, is that the president can't pack uh, the, re- the other parts of the government with people that are exclusively loyal to him. Well, guess what? Yeah, thank you, thank you. That's yeah. pretty much what's happened in the past four years, is, uh, at least from the president's perspective, there has been uh, installing, and then the, I I for lack of a better term, uh, political manipulation of people's conscience. If you're either with me or you're against that kind, of thing. and I think that's created right. something. That's what the that's what the founders did, right there. Well, they didn't want political parties in the first place,
1: much less you know cult of personality. But you know we've had a cult of personality in the past also. Um, FDR, Reagan, oh, yeah. Clinton, uh, you know, uh, Grant, um, you know, it's like iconic.
0: Well, Barack like, Obama. Amazing you know, Obama, Obama as well.
1: Sure. You know, Obama. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and it's like like really remarkable people. And of course, you know, I mean, even Lincoln, of course, we lionize Lincoln now. And but at the end of the day, I mean, boy, if you were a southerner, he was just the devil. Yep. He was absolutely the devil. And, um, and so, you know, I mean, the historical perspective on the grittiness and the dire, the direness of our times, uh, takes on a little different hue when you look at the, you know, the tide of history. And so I, I guess that for me, that makes me more hopeful. That makes me more, um, less, uh, insecure about, you know, where we're at as a country. The thing that I'm most worried about is, um uh, the modern media culture yes. and social media and the pocket of disinformation uh, that everybody lives in and so maybe we should you know somehow that somehow that has to get fixed
0: here, but no i get it but, but anyway that's the we biggest do, concern i have we actually do have to wrap it up john you're so clairvoyant but um all right so <laughs> we'll meet we'll meet again in 7 days and do this all over again wild and crazy world of all right, we'll man. Find out, we'll find out if what really happened on Friday. <laughs> All right. Well, tune in next week as you can right. every week right here on 1330 and 101.5 WHBL. This has been Legal Defense with Kirk and John. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great one. Take care.